Hey everyone, welcome to the Lighthouse Podcast, where you can hear our latest teachings and conversations. Well, hey everyone, and welcome back. We're in Orange Face here in New Brunswick, and we technically could meet in person, but it would be smaller groups. Um, we wouldn't be able to sing, tighter restrictions, yuck, 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 blah, 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 black, don't like it. So here we are online, and, uh, and thanks for watching. We're in week two of our Ephesians series, A Mighty Good Future. And Ephesians is filled with hope, and our title is filled with hope. And January in a pandemic is the perfect time to look forward and focus on all the reasons we have to expect a mighty good future. So we're a little bit pumped about that around here, and uh, there's lots of good things going on, and we're just going to keep talking about a mighty good future as we work our way through the book of Ephesians. So if you're watching together today as a family, you might want to say out loud together as a family, our future is mighty good. If you're watching alone, uh, well, there's nobody to hear you, so what does it matter? You may as well shout it out. My future is mighty good. Uh, four years ago, when I came to pastor this church, one of the things I, I said when I got started was that we, this church, we could be the biggest dealers of hope on this island. The world needs fewer dope dealers and more hope dealers. And man, I, I just want to deal out some hope today. And I would love to see a surging tide of hope that just lifts us and changes us. And uh, so if you need, need a little bit of hope today, if you need to be encouraged today, I hope that, uh, that it happens. As we read a few verses from Ephesians chapter 1, listen to the hope and the encouragement that Paul packs into his letter. Ephesians chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. I love that. I love that line. This is those verses we just read, this is an outburst. It actually goes on in one long sentence from verse 3, verse 3, all the way to verse 14. It's just an outburst. Paul starts his letter to these new churches, and he's thinking about, about them, the people who he's met, the people who he loves, even people who he hasn't met, but he's heard about these churches, and he loves them. And he's thinking about what God has done in their lives, and he's thinking about what God has done in his life. And he starts to remind them in the beginning of this chapter of who God is, and what God is like, and what God loves to do. And Paul just he just goes kablooey all over the place. Like he just, he just erupts with praise. It's, it's an outburst. 
And some of you are, are more, you know, concept kind of thinkers, and some of you are real imagery kind of thinkers. And if you're uh, an imagery kind of person where you need to see it, you got to kind of uh, picture it in your mind, Paul invites you to picture God just lavishly pouring out every good gift from heaven, just, just pouring it all out all over us. And it brings him great joy. Paul says that, that God loves to do this. He takes great pleasure in, uh, in pouring this out. He's not an angry God. He's not cheap or stingy. He just wants to pour out every spiritual blessing on his children. So when you come into God's family, you stand under God's grace. When you come into God's family, you stand under his grace, his, his outpouring, his blessing, all of it. Membership in God's family has its perks, and you don't have to pay to get in because Jesus has already paid the price. All right, this is, this is really uh, important, gang. What Paul does here and what he teaches us right at the beginning of verse 3 is huge. So I hope we can capture, capture this today. As we move further into a new year, a new season of ministry for us as, uh, as the Lighthouse Church, a new church building that is uh, getting closer to completion all the time, as we move towards a mighty good future, as you navigate COVID and the roller coaster that it is, and the protocols, and your mental health, and your physical health, and your emotional health. Catch what Paul does here at the beginning of, of verse 3. Paul puts his praise ahead of his problems. I've got to say that again. I hope you're writing it down. Paul puts his praise ahead of his problems. When he's writing this, we believe that he's sitting, he's actually sitting in a Roman prison. But he's, he's standing in the presence of Jesus. Do you see it? He just erupts with praise. I mean, physically, he's sitting in a Roman prison. But, but not really. He's standing in the presence of Jesus. And where you stand is more important than where you sit. Your situation is not your destination. Where you stand is more important than where you sit. Remember, Paul was sitting in a Roman prison, but he, he, he was praising God. He was choosing to stand in the presence of Jesus. And wherever life finds you today, your situation, it's, it's temporary. And you can tell your situation that, hey, it's got to hold on because you are going to stand in the presence of Jesus. You might be sitting in a place of life today uh, or a stage of life that's it's just plain hard. And we care about that. And I'm not trying to make light of that. And we love you. And we, we always want to come alongside people who are going through deep water and tough stuff. And we realize, we recognize that a lot of us are going through some, some really heavy stuff. You could be sitting in a place of life that is, that is not easy. Today, you could be sitting in loneliness. You could be sitting in a stage of bad health or high stress. You might be sitting in a, with the worry of your children and where they are and, and, and what they're doing in life. 
You might be sitting in a difficult marriage and you don't know where to turn. Tell that situation that it is not your destination because you are standing in the presence of Jesus and he is worthy of your praise. Paul was sitting in a Roman prison, but he was standing in the presence of Jesus. And nothing good happens when I put my problems ahead of my praise. Nothing good happens when I put my problems ahead of my praise. Always put your praise ahead of your problems. Let's read that verse 3 again. All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. I don't know if you heard this last week or not, but a guy by the name of Elon Musk, maybe you've heard that name, he had a pretty good week last week. He passed Jeff Bezos, the founder and owner of Amazon, Elon Musk passed him to become the world's richest man with a net worth of $188.5 billion. Now, if Elon Musk calls me up and says that he would like to pay the price to adopt me into his family so that I can share all of his wealth, I'm gone. I'm I'm taking that offer. If he wants to pay the price to adopt me so that I can have and share in all of his wealth. It's an unfathomable amount of money, $188.5 billion. And Paul tells us in, our, in this, these few verses, 3, 4, and 5 of Ephesians chapter 1, that God paid the highest price to adopt you into his family. And when you come into God's family through Jesus, you have access to everything, to all the, the, the blessings, all the spiritual blessings, all the gifts, all the rights, all the blessings of heaven. Now, Elon Musk's fortune cannot buy God's blessings. Maybe uh, a goal, maybe a good goal for 2021 would be the, you know, a prayer, God help us to, to see how blessed we are. Help us to see these spiritual blessings that, that Paul is, is talking about. Help us to value um, what we do have and not yearn and, and want the things that we don't have. Help us in 2021 to, to see how rich we really are. Paul uses financial terms uh, in these verses, in this, in this text. He uses words like purchased and inheritance and paid. And it speaks of God's value in you and in me. God's value in us. You have great worth to God. You are precious to God. And he was willing to pay any price, the, the highest price, in order to redeem you, to bring you over from death to life. And Paul speaks of the union that we have in Christ, in Jesus. Um, one of the words that we use to speak of that union, to describe it, is the word salvation. That's one of the words. It's the relationship that you have with Jesus when you believe in him as your Savior and you follow him as Lord. That's, that's what we mean. 
It's the relationship that you have with Jesus when you believe in him as your Savior and you follow him as your Lord. And that word salvation, it, it just naturally tends to imply um, being saved from something. You know, we were saved from death or from sin, the grave, uh, selfishness, or my old ways, or, you know, I'm being saved from something. But in these verses that we read, in the beginning of Ephesians, in these verses right here, the beginning of Paul's letter, Paul points us not to what we are saved from, but what we are saved to. We are saved to grace. We are saved to freedom. We are saved to forgiveness. We are saved to God's kindness. We are saved to the Holy Spirit. Like we have an, an eternal inheritance. And Paul just goes on and on and on. He does it like at least to verse 14. He just goes on and on and on about all the riches and the blessings and the, the good things that come with being a part of God's family. I'm not, I'm not knocking Elon Musk and his wealth, and uh, hey, and if he wants to share some and help us finish our little our church up the road, perfect. But in terms of value, if you stack 188.5 billion over here, and you have Jesus over here, it should be an easy decision. And some of you are thinking about it. But come on now, it should be an easy decision. And I think this is what Paul is doing to these, these friends and these young churches that are going to receive his letter. I think what Paul is saying is, take this whole world, but give me Jesus. As long as I've got Jesus, I've got everything. I've got enough. I've got more than enough. I've got every spiritual blessing that God can possibly pour out. And Paul is encouraging us to put our eternal position ahead of our current situation. Think big picture. This world is just a, you're just passing through. It's just a vapor and then it's gone. And there is eternity ahead of us in Christ. And I think Paul wants to encourage us to put our eternal position ahead of our current situation. Where you sit is not where you stand. You are standing in the presence of Jesus, and that is worth everything. Okay, verses 4 and 5 again. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. There is, there's a, this stuff is deep. This is, uh, there's some heavy the theology going on in here. And I'm sure that when they read these verses out loud to the very first groups of people, somebody must have raised their hand and said, can you please read that again and slow down this time? Because it it's some thick and heavy, heavy stuff. Think about this, gang. God loved you before he made the world. I know, that's a big thought. 
It's what Paul says here in Ephesians, that God loved you before he made the world. That's, that's literally back to the future right there. God knew there would be a you before your parents knew. God knew there'd be a you before your parents even knew. God saw you before creation. And before you and I even messed up this world and we opened the door to sin and we decided to go our own way, God had already decided that he knew us and he loved us and he would choose us and adopt us and make us holy through his son, Jesus. And Paul says at the end of verse 5 that this is what God wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. I love the, 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 the imagery of that phrase. It gave God great pleasure. I love picturing God taking great pleasure at seeing a life transformed by grace. I mean, nothing fires me up like, like, like salvation, baptism, seeing a life transformed by grace. If it fires me up, how much more does, does pleasure does God get out of seeing that happen in a person's life? Someone should be doing a, 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 a renovation show, but instead of transforming homes, it's all about showing people the radical transformational difference God can make in a person's life. Uh, how radically changed someone can be when God buys them, when he purchases them with salvation and the Holy Spirit moves in and God's power tool starts to go to work in a person's life. You see, God sees the potential in you. He knows what you can become. Before the planets found their place in the sky, God loved you, and he had a plan to adopt you and fill you with his spirit. It is an awesome, awesome thought. We don't tap in to all that is available to us. Paul's talking about all the spiritual blessings of heaven. And I'm not sure we even can comprehend or think about what that means. It's, it's like the, uh, the Scotiabank commercial that says you're richer than you think. And it's true. I mean, Paul is saying that right here in a spiritual sense. You are richer then you think you are more valuable to God and there is more spiritual blessings available to you than you could ever possibly imagine. Not because you're going to find money under the cushions of your couch, but because God has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. We are not poor. We are not broke. We do not lack. We are not forgotten. We are more than conquerors. And he is the giver of every good gift. Our challenge today, as we think about a mighty good future, is to stand in the presence of Jesus. Don't, don't be stuck sitting in your situation, but choose to stand in the presence of Jesus. Be reminded of how much he loves you of how good he is, how he cares for you, how he just wants to pour out his blessings on you, how he takes great pleasure in, uh, in seeing your life being transformed by his grace and his love.
Stand in the presence of Jesus. Don't be stuck with your situation. Be more aware of the blessings that are available to you. Jesus, in your name, I receive all that you have for me, all that you want for me. And I declare for my family and for my life, my house, that I will move forward one day at a time in 2021, knowing that you are for me, that God delights in me, and I am blessed more than I can possibly imagine. Thanks again for, for watching, um, being a part of our church. Uh, we really appreciate it. God bless you and have a great week. Thanks for listening and joining us today. If you'd like to know more about the Lighthouse Church, you can find us on Facebook at Lighthouse Graham and Ann or on Instagram at The Lighthouse GM. We'd love to chat with you more. Maybe something jumped out at you or grabbed your attention while you were listening today. We would love to talk with you and discuss some of the deeper questions of life together. God loves you, we love you, and we're in this together.